The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome back, Do Joy listeners. I have a rich, juicy conversation to share with you today with one of my favorite people, my friend Christian De La Huerta. He is the author of Awakening the Soul of Power. He's a TEDx speaker, a breathwork facilitator. I had the honor of experiencing him as a breathwork facilitator, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point in this conversation. Uh, Just an amazing, amazing teacher who's also about to launch an online summit that I am honored to be a part of. So I'm sure we'll be able to tell you about that. Welcome, Christian. Hi, Lisa. I'm so happy to see you again, even if it's virtually. Exactly. Virtually has become an okay substitute to the the real life (laughs) hugs, right? Not not what we really prefer, but an okay substitute. Yeah, yeah. Better than nothing. Exactly. So as you know, my precious, darling soul brother, I adore your book, Awakening the Soul of Power. You talk a lot in there about the traps of masculinity and femininity and the way that we've allowed them to be in our cultural expectations. And I haven't had a chance to speak with you since before all the latest developments unfolding on the global stage, but I feel like you'd have some applications there around the premises that you put forth in that book. Surely this is a case Mm -hmm. of old school masculine leadership dynamics playing out in horrific ways as they have for many centuries. I'd love to know your take on what's going on out there. Well, I totally agree with you. Um, it feels like humanity's at a choice point. Um, how are we going to do this going forward? Are we going to continue this patriarchal? Um, I was, I was going to drop an F-bomb. Um, <laughs> I think we're allowed to drop F-bombs. No one's ever told me we couldn't. It doesn't come up often, but... <laughs> Well, all right. With your permission, is we're going to continue with this patriarchal fuck, you know, fuck or kill. Right? That's that's the approach Ooh. to life. Um, 
power over, like my way or the highway, this cowboy mentality, um, or are we going to learn a different way to do this? You know, more like a power with um, everybody at the table, um, more inclusiveness, like real equal justice for all, not just words that, that we aspire to. Um, and, and it's not only in this country, it's globally, of course. You know, and and it, it, it's understandable in a way in, in times of dramatic social change, which we definitely find ourselves in. Um, there's a, for a certain number of people for whom it's it's threatening, change is threatening. And I think for most of us, change is threatening. Some of we can just navigate better than others. But there's a certain number of people that revert back to like more of like, paternalistic, tell me how to do this, tell me what to think, um, tell me how to believe, tell me what's right, tell me what's wrong, and, and it's us against the world, and we tend to otherize, make people different, uh, the rest of us who, who look different or maybe believe differently or think differently or come from a different part of the world. Um, and, you know, that, as far as I'm concerned, that way of living is just not sustainable. Any, any longer, not in this interconnected world. And if we needed further evidence to, to see how interconnected we all are, it's like all we need is to, to look at the global the pandemic. Um, and that continues, continues until we all get on the same page. So rough times, and sometimes it feels like one step forward, two steps back. Uh, but I believe, you know, I'm hope, hopeful that the pro- progression, you know, the progressive steps forward will continue. Oh, I, I knew that you would have a, a beautiful way to articulate that. Yes, there's been a lot of, a lot of conversation around the rise of the divine feminine and how that's there's really uh, no question that that type of energy is what's required for a turnaround. Yeah, and, and in fact, that's one way that I look at what's happening. It's like what we're witnessing all of us is the end of the patriarchal system and we're looking at, at systems that are just not sustainable anymore and so and we're still in that transition time what gene houston calls you know the people of the parentheses we're not the way that it used to be but we're not the way that it's going to be yet uh so it's a it's a time of confusion and you know like people trying to work things out and everything's up kind of up in the air um yeah I think that that's what causes that divide to be so stark now. There's always been a divide, but I think as people get more confused, as you're saying, like, what's going on? Things are shifting so quickly. There are going to be those who embrace the shifts and see how imperative this is and those who fear change and are going to get um, very polarized in the other direction, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And and it's time. Like, the the way that we've been treating ourselves and each other and the planet, it's just no longer sustainable. You know, so either we get this and and and, and what's what's needed really is this fundamental shift in consciousness, right? Which means the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see each other, the way that we see the planet has to shift. Um, which, you know, it's the reason for the summit that that you're I'm so grateful that you're a part of. You know, leaders transforming global consciousness. And it comes from my, it's paraphrasing Einstein, that you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness in which it was created. So when I look at the world that we're in and all the stuff that we're facing, that any one single 
challenge is overwhelming, you know, whether it's the, the environmental stuff, we're just not beginning to witness what we have unleashed on the environment, or this increased polarization, or the rise of dictatorial autocratic tendencies all over the world in response to the dramatic change that we're talking about, the pandemic. I mean, any one thing is just overwhelming. And what can I as an individual do? Um, you know, sometimes I think, you know what, I'm just going to go to the beach and, and eat a lot of chocolate, have a lot of sex. And then I reel myself back, right, right, dude, chill out. What can I do? Personally. <laughs> and I can continue. It, my answer is always the same. Like, I can continue waking myself up and, and helping as many people to do the same. So that's the intention behind the summit, to empower healers, teachers, um, activists for change, um, you know, by, by exposing them to people like you, people who have been doing the work for a long time. Um, and, and so, and who can share wisdom, um, experience, practical steps. We have either, we have healers and teachers like you, and we have, you know, approaching, approaching it also so pro, pro, providing support from the perspective of spiritual entrepreneurship. Um, you know, how do you, how do you promote yourself? How do you, create a podcast like like the one that you have. Uh, we have experts in publishing, um, writing coaches. So it's approaching both the the, the mindset stuff, like, like 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 helping people move through through fear and the imposter syndrome, like who do I think I am thinking you know, that I could like I could create my own podcast or that I could launch a, 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 an online coaching program or write a book. So people like you with your great wisdom and compassion to help them walk them through the hand, through those fears and self-doubts, and then also the practical knowledge, combination of both. It's gonna be so much fun, I'm so excited. I, I love collaboration. I love playing in the playground with my peeps. And really people, I think it was one of my recent teachers I don't want to misquote who it is. So I'm just going to say one of my recent teachers uh, said that 2% two, 2 of people on the planet are actually interested in raising their consciousness and like, actually even understand the concept of what you're trying to do with this summit and, and what so many of the, the teachers and healers are are about. It's It's just it's not a very widespread interest even. So it's very important to have these opportunities for us all to come together from around the globe or the country and all of these uh, various locations because it, you're not likely to bump into someone in the grocery store like you. And that doesn't mean, you know, we're being spiritually elitist about it. It's just people who have certain interests and thoughts and concerns it's so comforting and reassuring to find yeah. others. <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's also one of the intentions behind this summit is to create that sense of community, and even if it's virtual community, um, you know, going back to how, how interconnected we're not people from all over the world, um, so it's a way to continue weaving that matrix of consciousness, which, as far as I'm concerned, it's the only way out. That's the only way I see that that we dig ourselves out of this collective hole that we have dug ourselves into. Um, and so, yeah, we'll have thought leaders and consciousness influencers sharing their stories, their struggles, their breakthroughs, and their actionable steps on, on possible path, paths that participants can follow and roles they can play in a post-crisis rebirth and awakening. 
Um, so, so again, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm so grateful that you're part of it because of the, the love and experience that you bring to it. Oh, thank you. I was honored to be invited. You, you were kind uh, before we started the recording to inquire about my transgender daughter and just talking about this awakening of consciousness and how things are changing. It reminded me of something that you talked about in your earlier book, Coming Out Spiritually, how in so many cultures throughout history, people who in different ways embodied the essence of both masculinity and femininity were honored and heralded and given the highest roles in leadership and respect because it was believed to be such a gift and and how you know members of the lgbtq community who are so marginalized in our current culture you know in in ancient times were sort of singled out to reach positions of elevated spirituality precisely because of that capacity to bear witness to the full gender spectrum. I'd love to, to hear your, your application of that, you know, today. Are we seeing, you know, we were talking briefly about how there are so many um, non-binary and transgender identified individuals today that onlookers might erroneously assume, oh, look at this trend, look at this fad, everybody wants to be non-binary and transgender now, when in reality, we know that this has always been the situation for a certain segment of the population. It was just so shunned and, and not recognized that they were forced into hiding. And um, do, you, do you think this is part of the, the shift? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, you're, you're in Florida and up until recently, I was too, and my family's in Florida, so we went to high school in Miami. So I definitely have a Floridian background, and so we all know this Disney, um, you know, this fiasco with uh, the governor DeSantis and the don't say gay. But what's really interesting that the issue is really about trans. So, but but it gets conflated into the don't say gay thing, and and it's interesting because if if we look at the cultures. There's like homophobia and misogyny are really two sides of the same coin. Um, and I think misogyny is really the deeper one, which is what's, what's up, right? Which is like we're, we're all of us are, are, are having to redefine and expand how we think of gender. Um, and like if, like if you look at the religions and the cultures that persecute gay people, um, 100% correlation, they are the ones where women have a lesser status where women are not equal. Um, and, and even if we look at the, at the biblical prohibitions against homosexuality, like, you know, probably the most famous one is, uh, you, should not, you should not lie with a man as you do with a woman, but they don't say anything about women. Why is that? Um, you know, women weren't even, weren't even human then. Women weren't even property. I mean, I mean women were property. Um, and so in a sense, they didn't really care about two women together. And I think like, even if you look at today, you know, for like homophobic, macho man, it's like two women together is like, ooh, like I want yeah. some of that. <laughs> Whereas two, two men together is like, you gotta shoot them or you gotta like, like yuck. Um, and so what is that? You know, what, why is that? Um, and my perception of that is like two women together is not a threat to the status quo. Um, to the because I think in their mind I don't even think this is a conscious thing, uh, but I think in their mind two men together, um, one of them is willingly forfeiting the superior in quotes male status, and that is a threat to the status quo. 
Um, and yes, there's there have been amazing advances in, in the LGBTQ liberation movement in the last years. It's like, who would have imagined marriage equality um, 20 years ago even? Um, and I think the gender issue is now beginning to catch up and beginning to be to be more in the in the in you know get, grabbing the attention of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's threatening. It's threatening to the ego that you talk about so much in your more recent book, The Soul of Power, where um, the the ego is that that part of us that stays afraid of everything and threatened by everything and comes out with this swinging. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the ego is, is I mean, that's a whole other huge conversation as well. I spent the whole five, first quarter of the book explaining what the ego is because there's so much confusion about it. Now, if, if, for those of us who know the word, we'll think arrogance, inflated sense of self, and it is that, but it is so much more than that. And then maybe if we took Psych 101 in college, we'll think, oh, Freud's model of personality, the id, the ego, the superego. And that's not what what I'm talking about and what you and I are talking about. It's that concept of the ego is more derived from Eastern teachings. And it's a sense of self, the, the sense of individual personality. In fact, the word ego in Latin means I. So it's, it's that part of us that makes sense of the past and the future and sensory information and weaves it all into a coherent sense of self. This is Christian over here, that's Lisa over there. Both are really helpful. You know, it's development in terms of evolution, as far as we know, we're the only species that has a sense of self. There's some theories about the elephants and the higher primates and the dolphins and the whales, but we don't really know um, how they think of themselves. And, and it's also the source of all our suffering, because once we have that sense, separate sense of individual personality, now we can have, um, you know, we can feel lonely, we can feel abandoned, we can have issues of separation we can have a sense of our own mortality and all the stuff that comes with that um and so yeah the ego is really important to understand how it works and how we break ourselves free from its self-made prison of fear and and negativity and judgment and victimization and defensiveness and reactivity etc um and so that as because only we can let ourselves out of that prison and once we do that then our relationships have a real chance of working then we can have a sense of personal empowerment then we can have a sense of freedom uh, rather than being ruled and governed by by past traumas and stuff that happened to us when we were kids and the conditioning etc etc 
Absolutely. Yeah, in Joy School, we use Eckhart Tolle's terminology a lot with the, the vertical self and the horizontal self. So the horizontal yeah. self, the way I, I understand it and teach it in Joy School is similar to what you call the ego in, in that book. It's just our name and our body and our identity and our job and our affiliations to you know political parties or religion or whatever we associate yeah. ourselves with. So it's everything that, that separates us. And I know um, you talk a lot about safety, which is also what we, we focus on in, in Joy School. And I think all those things that separate us are what make us feel unsafe when, we're, when we lose that connection to the whole, to the, the who we really are at our core, which is all one being. Um, yeah. and, and so I think that just to varying extents, we all have that fear around that um, disconnect. Yeah, and and hence going back to the way the way that we treat the world, right, mm -hmm. and the way that we treat each other, um, because at the ego to the ego we can trace all kinds of strife, whether it's interpersonal and the, the the reason for divorce, or whether it's international and the reason for war. So it, it's a timely, timely conversation to understand that because it, it war stems from that that sense of separation and that sense of limited um, whatever it is, whether it's limited resources or land or whatever it is. And it's, it's really when we look at it from that perspective, that larger perspective of the interconnectedness of all life on this planet, not just humans, it is ridiculous and it is absurd and it is self-destructive what we're doing to each other. Um, and so hopefully, you know, that's why it goes back to it. the only way that I see out of this is the leap in consciousness in which we see ourselves differently and see each other differently and see the planet in a different way, more expanded. And God, Lisa, I hope it's more than 2%. Um, I hope it's more than 2% of the people <laughs> who are interested in this stuff. Um, Do you think some people just naturally have a, a better connection, even though they haven't, you know, been interested in this stuff and aren't taking the seminars and the classes and reading the books? But they're just more naturally. I, I think it a lot depends on our upbringing because yeah. all those fears are learned. We don't come here fearful. We come here as joy and love and light and compassion and peace. And then maybe some people just luck of the draw didn't learn as much fear and separation as others. Who knows? Who knows whether it's karma, stuff that we've learned from previous lifetimes. I mean, when we look, when we zoom out and look at humanity, I think we're approaching 8 billion. Probably half of us um, barely surviving physically, like less than $2 a day. And then when you when we look at the ones in the, in the developed and developing world, um, those of us who are lucky or fortunate or blessed to live in the developed or de developing world, I don't know the numbers, but 98, 99% just barely making ends meet, stuck in the rat race from paycheck to paycheck. Um, you know, just trying their best to, to, to do. And so the fact that you and I have this, this opportunity to be having this kind of conversation, it's really a privilege. Um, and so, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I'm really hoping that it's more than 2%. Um, I know that the that the hundredth um, monkey effect, like yeah. the, the, turned out to be a myth. Like it wasn't quite the way that it, that, that we heard well, about it. The hundred was I'm always really... arbitrary, right? It wasn't always the hundredth monkey, but there's got to be some number, right, where we reach critical mass. Well, that's what I'm banking on. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm banking on. Even the original story about the you know the mother 
monkey was washing a potato or something yeah. and then her her kids taught from her until enough a certain number of critical mass of monkeys on this island and the archipelago learned it then poof 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 and on the other islands they just started doing it automatically so even though it didn't quite work out that didn't actually happen that way i'm still banking on the hundredth monkey effect and the critical mass that enough of us wake up and then boom the, the collective hope. consciousness reaches a, a level where it shifts. I mean, they, they talk about the collective consciousness, even things like, you know, the whoever discovered the telephone, like eight people put in patents for telephones from all around the world yes. at that, on that day. Yes. And it was just Alexander Graham Bell who got his patent in first. So there is some sort of a, a, a knowledge consciousness that that is in yeah. the ethers, right? That's just out that there. That we can't understand yet. That We're our science cannot to. explain yet. Right. But it's there. It's undeniable. Like the the heart math people in in California, you know, yeah. where where they study the the energy field of the heart. It's just amazing stuff. How how the heart has prescience and knows things before that the, the the eyes can even see it. And and they talk about how they had these um, I don't know machines or or equipment that measures heart heart activity all over the world. And two minutes before nine eleven all over the world like boom like it like it just got super activated so at some level we knew yeah like how does that work how does that work i don't know but but it's but it happened it happens i've seen that i've seen that we had zc's leos leos from heart math at joy school who told that story and um there's there's so much with that that understanding that's leaked out into other scientific research now and and it's all it's all actually there i think the science is there to back up everything that quantum physics started telling us decades ago it's yeah. just it hasn't seeped into cultural awareness there's always that lag time right where yeah the science bears it all out but we're not yeah. really up to speed as a whole on, yeah. on on these things, unless you're fascinated by it, like you and I, and we soak up every bit and tell anybody who wants to listen. <laughs> yeah. So every week, Christian, I give my listeners a um, something that they can take into their week with them, some sort of little practice, something to keep in their minds or their hearts, or something to do. And I know this is a tall order, and I'm putting you on the spot, but. I'm wondering if there's maybe something that would help people to put down that metaphorical armor. And I know that makes us all feel so vulnerable, but it seems like that's that's a lot of the problem right now, right? Is that we're all so armored up and, and defensive and on the, the you know fist swinging. What, what can we do? It's okay if you say, I don't know, because I didn't give you any heads up. I was gonna ask this, but I'm thinking that would be a great thing if we had a, a tool <laughs> for doing that. Yeah, no, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful question, because you're right. We've we've gotten confused, and and we think that to walk around, you know, like like these pseudo robotic beings with like protect, you know, overprotected with layers and layers of arm, emotional armors, um, and you know, just living in Defcon One, anticipating the next attack. <laughs> sometimes, like sneaking in the a preemptive punch just in case. It's like we think that's powerful. It's like, wait a minute. What a way to live. That's not powerful. That's that's like living in fear, living in a state of defensiveness and, and hyper arousal. Like, like the body pays a price for living that way because we're, we're, we're living with all these hormones being like these defensive hormones, these attack hormones. It's like, yikes, what a way to live. 
Whereas if, if we think about it, if we uncross our arms and open up, it is something, even though that feels vulnerable initially, it's really a much more empowered place to be because that comes from a place of, it's like the relationship to life has shifted. So rather having the having this fear-based or adversarial or victim relationship to life, we've got basically like we, we land, we drop into ourselves and we say, hey, life, I got this. Like no matter what you throw my way, I got this. And so necessary to be able to, 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 to have that play, that, that, that way of being, um, it's a deep level of like dropping into ourselves and, and relaxing and self-confidence and personal empowerment. So maybe a practice that we can all take on it's, it's like literally, like maybe literally, like start with with our arm, cr arms crossed, really tight, and and of course when we do that, it's like there's no breathing, right? Because there's like we breathe really, really shallow breath, because we're so in that state of defensiveness. So if we take a few deep breaths, like maybe four or five really deep breath, and softly open up our arms, uncross our arms, so that they're by the side in that stance of openness. And that relationship to life where we just take a deep breath and say, life, thank you. I got this. I got this. And then and, and we shift ourselves from that paranoid relationship to life and the universe, like me against the, the world kind of thing, and to like a pro-noia, a pro-noic relationship, which, which is knowing in the core of ourselves that life has our back, that it's a collaboration with life with, with it, the, the, the intelligence that animates all of life in the universe, that the universe has our back and that the universe has a vested interest in each one of us becoming the most that we can be, fulfilling our unique human potential and really stepping into our power because full circle now, it's all hands on deck. Right? So anybody listening to this who has the slightest, slightest inkling suspicion that they have work to do as teachers as healers as activists for change this is it this is the time that we're waiting for and so come to the summit and we'll give you as much support and as many tools as we can share with you so that you do say yes to that calling from your soul beautiful absolutely yeah and that that life that has your back that's that's everything that's that right wing person or that left wing person whatever it is that you avoid and think that you're automatically at odds with it's all of life has our back and we and you guys couldn't see christian but he had his arms crossed really strong with his fist clenched like up over over his chest and then just eased out i love how you made that a, an embodied practice we've been doing more of that also um, in joy school. So yeah, so it does, you can feel your energy shift. It's going from a place of contraction to a place yes. of expansion. And you can feel that in your chest when you, you clench in and then open up. Beautiful. I love that. I think so much of our conditioning is around being right. So whatever opinions we've formed, whatever we've been taught, whatever we've learned, it, it feels so threatening to allow for the possibility that maybe someone else is also right in their own way or has their own you know we, we talk about how everything is perception and we're all just seeing the world through a keyhole and none of our keyholes are lined up the same and and allowing for the possibility that you know you're not so solidly right on every single thing that you're bringing into your belief that day 
is so liberating and freeing. It's not about giving something to that other person who has a different opinion. It's about freeing yourself from being so locked into those rigid beliefs. Yeah, so so truly said. I think it's in the court in the Course of Miracles that asks, um, "Would you rather be right or happy?" Yeah. Like, so even if we're right, and and even those of us who have the blessing and the curse of usually being right, <laughs> usually being the operative word, it's like who cares? Like, who cares? Because that goes back to the ego. The ego is that part of us that has that attachment to being right and, and that it's so deeply embedded in us that it's part of our identity. So when, when like we take it so personally when when we made a mistake and it's like, like, relax, like it's not that important. It's not that important. What is important is what you teach, right? Joy school. That's important. How do we get there? How do we do that? Let's talk about that. And all those judgments are just projections anyway. The more you're trying to make someone else wrong, it just means that you're worried that you might be wrong, right? The the, yeah. the liberty to to let someone else have their opinion, have their belief, just means that you're solid in your own. You don't need to, to project exactly. that onto anyone else. Exactly. And we don't need anybody's validation. We don't need any external validation, periods like our worth are is is inherent it's like our our power is inherent um so we don't need we don't need anybody to validate us and we anybody to to give us our power or take it away it's ours ours to express in a way that is a match that is congruent with with who we are yeah this is is making me think of your stadium analogy that you uh you use in your book do you want to tell, tell quickly about the stadium analogy yeah, it's a, it's a great visual to understand the ego. If you if you put a baseball in the center of a stadium, that's what the ego is. Who we are is actually the stadium. And we've allowed this tiny, tiny, tiny part of who we are to think that it is all who we are and to make choices, important, critical, consequential choices about our lives, about our relationships from its very tiny, very small, limited and always fear-based perspective. So part of, of this evolution of consciousness is disidentifying with the baseball and re-identifying with the stadium, which is our ultimate nature. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to put a, a link in, but tell people in case they aren't looking at the link, how they can sign up for your summit. Um, oh, you know what? I don't know. I think it's conscious. <laughs> consciousleaders.com I probably have it somewhere here in front of me but anyway you know if they go to my website soulfulpower.com s-o-u-l-f-u-l power p-o-w-e-r.com they'll get information there and from there they can access my social media find out about my different offerings get the book is available wherever books are sold you can get it at at your local bookstore if you want to support them or or on Amazon Um, and for anybody who's listening to this who goes to soulfulpower.com and gets on my email list so that they get information about the summit, will send them a sample chapter from the book, one that talks about what it means to live heroically in the 21st century. We'll send them some power practices designed to, to integrate those teachings so that they don't stay at the level of information. Because Lisa, you and I know we don't need more information. We've got information overload. Like there's no way we could read all the books that you and I want to read. Uh, <laughs> Stop spying at my bedside table. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I, I know because that's that's what, what I do too. 
Um, and there's just no way. Um, but what we need is transformation, not more information. Um, and so those teachings help to apply, to really take on those teachings so that we're living from that space rather than stay at the level of good information or good ideas. And then we'll send them to a, a guided meditation on a short teaching I, I did about trust last year to help us you know, navigate, um, like I did in the middle of the pandemic, to help us move into that place of trust and being the eye of the storm um, rather than being buffeted by, by life's dramas and, and how do we do that in this time of fear and chaos and uncertainty? Beautiful. Good. So you all know where to go for the summit. And you have your home play this week. You're going to just do that embodiment practice, maybe every morning, just to start your day. Just feel what it feels like to clench in tightly and be contracted in your, your egoic self. And then just spread your arms wide. Let your chest open up and make that declaration about the kind of energy that you want to to put out that day and be in that day. Thank you, Christian. I love this opportunity. Will you promise to come back soon again? Because I feel like we could have talked for like two more hours about things. <laughs> I know. We didn't really, really talk about power. We um, need to talk about I power. You and I could talk for hours and we wouldn't run out of stuff to, to talk about. So, of course, I'd love to. I'd love to continue the conversation. All right. To be continued thank you for having conversation me. with Christian. Have a beautiful week, y'all. Love you. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. Once I found inside my heart that you were always, you were always here.
Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.